Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word love is defined as follows. One, a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. Or, attraction based on sexual desire. Or, affection based on admiration, benevolence, or common interests. Or, assurance of affection. Two, unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. Three, sexual embrace or the act of copulation. Four, holding one's opponent scoreless in tennis. There are some words that belong to all of us but mean something different to each of us. The following series is a form of documentary theater that asks us to define those words through creative but deeply personal confessions. Some of its contents will be humorous, some will be shocking, some will be moving, but all of it will be honest, unapologetic, and anonymous. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents The Human Experience, a new series created and directed by Kyle Hatley. Episode 1, Love. Vow. The definition of the word love is about to take on a whole new meaning in my life. Let me start by saying I've always been a strong believer in love. I have felt love. I have given love. I have, of course, made love. But in just six months from now, I will vow to love every day for the rest of my life. I will make a promise to one single person that I will love him as much as I can, as hard as I can, until the day that I die. Oh my god. Now, this thought is scary to some, and rightfully so, but to me, no. I choose to love this man with all my heart, no matter what our future brings. I choose to give myself fully and openly with no fear that my heart will be broken. I choose to commit to work on myself, to be the best friend, confidant, and lover that I can be. I have chosen love, and my God, I am damn lucky that his love has chosen me. The Sweetness and the Sorrow Kiss today goodbye, the sweetness and the sorrow. Wish me luck, the same to you, but I can't regret what I did for love. Look, my eyes are dry, the gift was ours to borrow, and I won't forget what I did for love. There's a difference between loving and being in love. When I was a little boy, my loving grandmother, who was raised a southern belle, often said to me at the family dinner table, Aren't you going to eat your vegetables? Don't you love lima beans? What she meant, of course, was, don't you like lima beans? Well, I was indifferent. I neither liked nor loved lima beans. Later, when I began to feel my oats as a young man, I came to understand most emphatically the differences between like and love. Furthermore, I began to move into the orbits of some really beautiful people. 
As a result, I grew to love love and its thrilling intoxications, emotional addictions, single-minded preoccupations, and dangerous roller coaster rush of emotions. And pain. Oh, yes. Exquisitely excruciating pain. The bitter truth is that love is always borrowed, and being in love is euphoric, but inevitably temporary. Still, it's worth it. As Alfred Lord Tennyson famously observed, I hold true whate'er befall. I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Barefoot and smoking. So there's this guy. There's always been this guy. He set up camp in the back of my brain when I was a child, and he smokes rolled cigarettes and says little, if anything at all, and he's just always there, looking like James Dean. And sometimes I'm there, too, with him, hopping around without shoes on, saying witty things exactly when I'm supposed to say them. I'm young, and I'm pretty, and he's oh so dark, and I've tamed him. And we love each other in this amazing, painful way, and no one will ever understand how we feel. My love for the guy behind my eyes is unflinching, uncompromising, made of pure animal passion and absolute fucking delusion. He is the phantom of boys past, the bringer of all heartbreak yet to come, and the reason I settled down with a nice boy who doesn't seem to notice that my dreams don't belong to him. No. He sleeps peacefully next to me while I am far away in that dark corner barefoot and smoking. And for that, I don't mind that when I wake, there are no ashes in the sheets or mud on my feet. Moments of definition. I once thought it was something that would just happen without much input, work, effort, or attention from me. I thought it was natural and I would wake up one day and it would just be there. One day all would be fine, normal, and the next, madly, passionately, helplessly, in love. It really never happened that way. Not that it can't, it just didn't for me. Or so I thought until the day we met. It really was like a brick, right in the face. But what does it mean to me? How would I define the word? The following correspondence, which will be broken into parts, was between June and December 2010. I'm hopeful it is what love is. Part 1. June 9th, 2010. I am filled with magic thoughts of you. I can't believe. Okay, I believe you are back in my life, but it is so unbelievable it's hard for me to accept. I never dreamed we would end up in each other's lives the way we have. Never. Ever. And now here you are. It took me a while to get over being stunned by it. Stunned you were single and stunned you were interested in me that way. But I'm no longer stunned. I accept it, welcome it, cherish it. I have loved you for a long time. 
That feeling is back, and I want you. I am after you. I will be the one you need me to be. I love you. A boy and his girl. There's a picture of us that you love to hate. A boy and his girl on a scary, fun, carnival ride. The picture looks almost computer-generated because the surrounding atmosphere around this couple is blurred with motion, making the speed of the ride almost visible. But the couple is in perfect focus. The rest is just fringe, confused pixels, sustained fury. The boy smiles confidently, working against the fear, calculating how best to overcome it, how best to find peace within the terror. The girl, it seems, is screaming at the discomfort of uncertainty, but ironically thrilled to be on this ride with this boy, experiencing this uncertainty. Together, a team, partners, best friends. Even in terror and discomfort, this boy and his girl do not forego the certainty they have for each other that all will eventually right itself, that peace is inevitable. And when two people understand their confidence in one another, the very spark of love gives fire to the darkness. And though this flame may not illuminate the sum of the pervading blackness all around us, if nourished, if respected, and with patience protected, it will, with great power, light the way to a meaningful and joyful experience in this life, lighting the way for others to see, for others to follow, for others to know. But while the fury of the world rages against us, what settles it? What calms the storm? What eases the pain? And what focuses the ferocity of chaos and reveals peace is love. Full. I thought love was supposed to hurt. I thought love was supposed to be so intense it would burn through me. So intense it could destroy me. I thought love was supposed to break me down, little by little, and that if I ever lost it, I would be nothing. But then I was nothing, and I wanted to be nothing because I didn't feel loved. But as I slowly fall in love again, I'm learning that love should fill me, not break me. It should fill me and bring me closer to the person I want to be. And even if one day I lose this love, I won't be empty again. I don't have to die of a broken heart to prove to the world I know the meaning of love. I don't know the meaning of love. I feel it. Moments of Definition, Part 2, June 23, 2010. When you read this, my dearest love, I will have been at your home. Come and gone. It will only be a few days before I spend a week with you. I know how we left things on Monday at 6 a.m. We left them totally in love, wild about each other, and desperately waiting for the next time we are together. I imagine there were tears of joy for the moments together, 
of sadness that we must be apart at all. Elemental. I said to you once, you are elemental. Without you, I don't exist. Elemental. Starkly simple, primitive, or basic. That is a definition. It fits. A moment of definition. You are the primitive desire that burns at my core. It is basic. You are my reason to live a better life. It's starkly simple. I love you. In every way the word can be defined, I love all that you are and all you can be with me. I am yours. Speck. I have no clue what love is. No fucking clue. I sleep only with pillows and my cat every night. My Facebook status is perpetually set at single, and I've memorized that look of worry on my mother's face whenever I'm forced to respond yet again, no ma, nobody special. I don't know it because I've never experienced it. For me, love is a myth, you know, like Santa or Bigfoot. Oh, Christ. I just called love Bigfoot. See? See how I know absolutely nothing? God, of course love isn't fucking Bigfoot. It's just I can never find the damn thing. Well, no, that's a lie. I know the familial kind of love. I experience it in abundance every day. But true love, the soul-moving, world-shaking, life-changing kind of love poets puke pages about? Never found it. And every day, that little speck of hope I cling to, the hope that one day I will actually find that kind of love, gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I am terrified I am not meant to find it. Like, love is one of those one-hat-fits-most sort of deals. <laughs> I've never been a most, I always an almost, so no love hat for this girl? Christ. I don't know what scares me more, the fact that I think these thoughts or that there may actually be some truth in all of it. The Giddy. Falling. Dripping. Melting into a new happy I did not know existed. I look at you all oogly-googly and I can't stop smiling. I'm buzzing, everything buzzing, face, lips, fingers, kneecaps, heels, everything is buzzing. The day now has a phosphorescent glow that makes my little gray world look like a kush-kush hap-hap 3D greeting card image that you can stare into for days and never see an end. The giddy ensues, and I put my cheek on yours again, just to see. It's true. I feel like I'm home. I take your face in my hands and look at it. And you are smiling too. I am at home, at last. You take my hand and we jump into our lives, alive. Advice. My dad has never given me advice when it comes to love, except for one brief moment. We were in the car, just he and I, I was maybe seven or eight. 
The song uh, If You Want to Be Happy by Jimmy Soul came on the radio. You know how it goes. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. But from a personal point of view, get an ugly girl to marry you. And about halfway through the song, my dad turns to me and he goes, you know, that isn't true, right? I really didn't know what he meant. I was seven. I mean, was he saying that love is blind? Was he saying that pretty women can cook? Was he being literal or figurative? Was he saying that I shouldn't marry an ugly woman? Or was he saying that any woman I marry wouldn't be ugly? I mean, I can't go to the man 20 years later and say, what the fuck did you mean by this? His advice will always be elusive. Much like love. Resonate. Love is me having to fish out her cell phone that fell into a toilet of her own shit because she was embarrassed that it added to the reason why it wouldn't flush. And she, God love her, just doesn't know anything about toilets. Just think about that for a second. I know it's a crude image, but doesn't the contrast just resonate? Moments of Definition Part 3, July 11, 2010. I am so excited about our lives and how we have found each other again. I am really in love with you and want to be with my baby all the time. Our future is bright, full of possibilities, and very exciting. Learning to communicate with you is one of the greatest challenges I have ever dedicated myself to tackle. I know we are building our future, and it feels great. I love you. See you tomorrow. I still love each one of my one and only true loves. I've been in love four times in my life so far. I know that each time the relationship ended for good reason. Problems and incompatibilities built up until the good parts, the love, the desire... The chemistry and the passion couldn't support the weight, and the whole thing came crashing down. I know that, and yet I still love each one of them. Every so often, our paths will cross. One of them will walk into a coffee shop or a a party I happen to be at, and that first glance still makes my chest tight. My favorite thing about memory is that if you let it, it will edit out all the bad parts of past relationships. I like to think that I am nearly a master at romanticizing my past. And I don't consider that a bad thing. I love being in love. I love reminiscing about past loves. But more than anything, I love keeping those loves alive in their own way. Because a song on the radio or a random smell can send me flying back to a moment where I love them more than anything else in this world. And I like to think that if they still have that effect on me... Maybe I still have that effect on them. What it comes down to. I love you more than Tenacious D and beer. I know you, love. I know you, love. You saunter down the red carpet, sunglasses, Vera Wang, your summer in Mallorca. You bathe in organic, lavender, lamb's milk, but I know you, love. You hide behind diner booths, under hospital beds and park benches, a flash of leg, a bedazzled neck, inserting yourself in the conversation, you whore. For all your fame, I found you out. 
You're an old sock that smells like him. You're a text message on the train. You're coffee. You're snow. And that song from 10th grade. You don't know me, you say. Shapeshifter, traveling salesman, foreign movie without titles. But you get the gist of it. And you leave us on our own. Love? Love? Hey! Wait! Memo. To my sweet, sweet, sweet girl, I miss you and your strong, funny heart. I miss the way you keep me awake at night, from cradle to tomb. I miss the way you roll your eyes at me. I miss the way you tell me what you were thinking. I miss your steps, your hands, your tears, your tantrums. I miss your secrets and your laughter and how very smart and kind you are. I dreamt you were flying over me and you hovered high for a magic moment and, without speaking, you let me know you'd protect me and love me forever and then that you had to go fly to your father and let him know the same. And that was that. Wait a minute. I have to start over. To my sweet, sweet, sweet boy... I miss you and your strong, funny heart. I miss the way you keep me awake at night, from cradle to tomb. I miss the way you roll your eyes at me. I miss the way you tell me what you were thinking. I miss your steps, your hands, your tears, your tantrums. I miss your secrets and your laughter and how very smart and kind you are. I dreamt you were flying over me, and you hovered high for a magic moment, and without speaking, you let me know you'd protect me and love me forever, and then that you had to go fly to your father and let him know the same. And that was that. So there, you... I love you. I miss you. And that is that. Moments of Definition Part 4, July 24, 2010. My love, another trip has come and gone. As they all are, this one was very nice. I'm glad I was able to help you celebrate with your mom. I know she had a great time. You are a good child. Thank you for making time for me as well. I had a wonderful time with you yesterday. I am so glad to experience such a very Beautiful place together for the first time. I love that. Speaking of love, I am so in love with you, baby. You are the one for me. My favorite, best, and last love. I am loving you more each day. 
Optional titles. Illegally blind. Illegally blinding contract. Love is blind, although not legally so. Love, in hindsight, is about 2200. I understand infatuation, but love is still a mystery to me. I have never been lucky in love, but I have been lucky enough to witness on a daily basis the purest and most sincere form of love in my parents' relationship. They've had a solid relationship for 35 years. They giggle and act like dopey teenagers sometimes. They still go out on dates. They share meaningful conversations. And as much as it pains me to say it, I think they still have great sex. Major you factor, but I'll get over it. I envy the love that they share, and I'm so grateful they lead by example. I feel unconditionally loved in the company of my mom and dad. I hope one day I can have such a dynamic relationship with someone, one that's built on mutual adoration and respect. I also hope that when I do, it will be legally recognized in every state of our nation. Honest, romantic love is difficult enough to find and retain without a civil rights battle prohibiting its celebration. If only Shakespeare had written a sonnet about that. February 24th. I began plotting your death while you were still living inside me. And it was all preparation and weeks and anticipation of a pinch-pull wincing that would deliver peace of mind. It was an A or B question. Black or white answer. What lies behind door number one or door number two? Life or death? And I wondered, while pressing my hand firmly on my stomach as if the very connect of this act would answer my question, can something die if it has achieved, accomplished, and contributed nothing? Nothing except excessive gas and mood swings? I don't regret it. But like your eye still catching for rent signs after you found residence, I still find my head turning in target towards the baby clothes you'll never wear. Lost. To be found. Love to me is lost. I've yet to grasp if it is because I've been living a if you can't be with the one you love, then love the one you're with mentality, or if something deep in my past has buffered me from love. I've been fortunate to witness an inspirational love and partnership, though, that, at its best, one partner represents wisdom, space, intuition, meaning a principle of inner understanding, nurturing, and seeing situations play out in a clear way. And the other partner represents compassion, bliss, activity, meaning a principle of outer interactiveness, building up and unfolding with situations. Classically, this would be the female and male principles, respectively, but of course this isn't gender explicit. And what is wonderful about this is that a third principle is possible in a coming together of the two, if desired. That is a principle of growth, development, and inspiring those that come in contact with the couple. This type of couple is rare, but when we see them, it is clear they are working on a different level. Their partnership works to make them greater than the sum of their parts, and more than that, they naturally make others feel greater than themselves. The couple I knew personally, which exemplified this kind of union, often had to spend time away due to work. 
One constantly traveled the world twice around every year for the past 35 years, and the other had to stay in the East working as a translator. Even though they would have long stretches of time away from each other, they continued to inspire, nurture, build up one another and those around them. This was made clearest when the wife was diagnosed with cancer. When they announced it, the husband couldn't speak through the tears, and the wife pulled him together. Through the short six months that she had left after that announcement, they were together 24-7, up to the point when she died 15 times in his arms. She kept coming back to be useful and share her inner understanding to her husband and her friends, but unfortunately her body wasn't able to maintain itself. On that fifteenth time, the husband told her to let go, at which a softness and joy returned to the woman that was fighting to remain with her partner and her friends. The hope is that I can find a love like that. Two buttons. Love is like having a remote with two buttons on it. One that could cause shiver down your spine, toe curling, eyes rolling in the back of your head, super orgasmic pleasure. And one that makes you feel like you're in a room of tweaked out meth heads with Parkinson's disease are repeatedly stabbing you in the chest with rusty railroad spikes. And then giving that remote to another person saying, do with this what you will. Love is being totally vulnerable. And if it goes bad, cuts you to the very core of you and leaving you feeling lessened and small. But you're willing to suffer that because when it goes good, the world seems a brighter and more welcoming place because she loves you. And that makes all the difference. Reprise. In this battle of life, I still want you next to me, fighting through this shit. There is a war out there. It's not about the vows or devotion or the sanctity of matrimony. It's about the fight itself. If you take anything from our love, take that. How we fought for each other. How the world got between us and split our partnership. And how you said, sometimes love isn't continuous. It breaks and rediscovers itself. It's about finding our way back to each other. Love, you said, is synonymous with reprise. I don't pray to God. I follow no religion. But when things are darkest, when all trace of light has vanished and the fear sets in, I think of you, my girl. And too many miles you are away these days, and too many questions about when and if we will ever be together again. But I know that I will always back you up. Your words and your wisdom keep you next to me. Life is a battle, my girl. And we, together, will fight through this shit <laughs> and find our way back to each other. Moments of Definition, Part 5, August 19, 2010. I know that I am in love with you because, one, you are the first thing I think about when I wake up each day. Two, your eyes light up when they meet mine. Three, my picture is all over your home. Four, your picture is back in the frame and always at my office. Five, you accept my dogs and what they mean to me. Six, the way I feel when I hear your voice just before we go to sleep at night. Seven, the determination you have for us makes me believe this is really going to work. Eight, 
I want to be with you every second that I am not. Nine, we laugh and cry together with the same passion. Ten, you don't give up on me. These are only ten random reasons, not select, not complete. Galatea. I love against expectations, and I think it's killing me. I have been formed into something understandable, simplistic, easily recognized. I've been given rules on behaviors, sex, responsibilities, daily life. Vows provide definition and a very clear outline. Maybe it's easier to love something unambiguous. That's not how I want to define love for myself. I will not. The way I want to love is in every fucking way different than the way I am loved or will be loved. So how do I define something that I can't feel to the depth that I fucking ache to feel it? I love honestly and fiercely with blurred edges and an intensity that burns scarlet. I love without hope of its being allowed to be returned. I love and will. I believe in it though I might not experience it ever the way I know I could. What it all comes down to. Love. I love it. All of it. And I love really, really hard. There's just nothing greater, more consuming than love. It's where all of the best things in this world stem from. And even our pain, so much of that would never be as tremendous if it didn't stem from a place of great love from the first. Sure, pain makes you stronger, so love makes you strong guest. I frequently like thinking of love as a gift. Like you're walking around in this never-ending game of white elephant and you jump up and go, here's my love, and give it out and it feels great. And then you wait to see what you'll get in return, if it returns. And let's be honest, whether we want to be or not, we are always on the lookout for it. I am. I have this love. A love thing with big hair and a big voice and a sweet belly to match. It's mine. For four crazy, awesome years, it's been mine. This love thing of mine lives 1,100 miles away. I couldn't love him harder if I tried, but I often fear that he can't see it because I can't see him. In an effort to keep things radiant, we've maintained little traditions for ourselves. My favorite is our Book of Love, a notebook full of quotes, letters, love, and mush that we've been adding to for the past three and a half years. So I put an entry in it for our anniversary, and then I read through everything we've ever written to each other thus far. And I'm laughing and crying over this huge, enormous history scratched on every single page, and it was all our own. Staggering. And it was humbling, if that makes sense. But I did. I, I felt humbled. And just... love. <laughs> There's this E.E. E. Cummings section in the book. Genius. That man got love. And it got me. It said... You being in love will tell who softly asks in love. Am I separated from your body, smile, brain, hands, merely to become the jumping puppets of a dream? This absurd fraction in its lowest terms with everything canceled but shadows, what does it all come down to? Love? Love, if you like, and I like for the reason that I lean out of this window is love. 
Love and the reason that I laugh and breathe is, oh, love and the reason that I do not fall into this street is love. It feels right to me. Oftentimes nonsense-like and choppy, but beautiful and candid. And it's us. And it's what I want of love. And it's what love has given me. And I deeply hope, beyond all else, that I always have it. And if I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll just stand still and hope that love finds its way back to me. In the meantime, my eyes are wide, heart achingly enlarged, and palms outstretched. Moments of Definition, Part 6, September 14, 2010. I hope you are reading this on a bright and lovely day, because that is the kind of day on which it was mailed. I am happy you are the one for me. Everything feels right with you. I sing the body electric, that you are with me, by me, always. The immediate presence I feel from you, by my side, in my heart. You are of my soul. There is no me without you. Not anymore, not now. Now I know what loneliness is. Now I know what emptiness is. Now I know what isolation is. They are the things that came before you. Now I exist in you, with you. Now I know the difference. I chose you. My life with you is vibrant, full, alive, and electric. I love you so. Here's one for your deathbed. You know, I don't know what to say about love, really. I don't know. But if I'm to make it so that it's honest and true to me, then here it goes. Fuck you. Fuck you and what you did to me. Fuck you and what you did to what would have been, what could have been our child. Fuck you for the fact that I have to live with this until the day I die. Just fuck you, you know? I loved you. And now, what? Now you're with this loser, this fucking nobody. But I hear that's not going to last either. I hear that's already starting to fail and that you're already on to another one. You broke me. You really did. You broke me. I'm sure I'll recover in some way, but you, unfucking fortunately, will never disappear from my guts. You ruined my insides, you fucking slut. I honestly, you know, I honestly believe that people like you aren't human. Human beings don't treat one another this way unless they are at war. But this was love, you know? Love, not fucking war. It was fucking love. Or was it? Either way, fuck you. The light. When I think about love, I think about light. I've always imagined love to be this glowing ball of light that can expand or shrink, but never completely disappear. The light is inspiring and powerful and reflecting. Sometimes it grows and grows and becomes as huge as the sun, 
just as brilliant and just as blinding. Sometimes it deflates so much to the point where you think it has dissolved away into nothing. But even in those cases, there always remains a fairy-sized glow. Temporary. Love is ugly because it's abstract. It's not a real, tangible thing. It's a concept. All you can hope for is for two people to shape it into something meaningful. I believe that it can be realized, but not as a universal understanding. I mean, we have to gather our key terms, don't we? Broad words like love or death or whatever, they're broad terms. And so when we discuss them, we should all be on the same page about the terms used to define them. So we must realize our key terms here, right? Love is ugly. But maybe I'm only saying that because I've never felt it. Or when I thought I have, I was wrong. But who's to say I was wrong? Who's to say it can't be temporary? Who's to say that it can't be unreal and intangible and at the same time worthwhile? It is, though, you know? Worthwhile. It gives us hope. It's a form of hope, anyway. When someone loves you, it informs you that, well, exactly that, that someone loves you, and that feels so good, you know? It's not the whole reciprocation thing, it's that we should all be so lucky to love and be loved. Maybe that's how you come to know happiness, even if it's only for a while, even if it's only, you know, temporary. Don't laugh. Don't laugh at the guy who writes a bad love poem. It's not the easiest thing. His friends, if they found out, would call him a gamo, but at least he gave it a swing. My love is the warm breeze, the sun on her bare knees, kissing her skin in the early September. Love's fury's tectonic, volcanic, cyclonic, a titanic list that's too long to remember. Don't laugh at the guy who writes a bad love poem. Assonant verses with imagery of fall? It may be cliché, but I'm still going to say it's better than writing nothing at all. It's chemical warfare with pheromones and theater, her smells and tastes that are now my own. Love is fumbles and silence and trust and reliance that lives in defiance of being alone. Don't laugh at the guy who writes the bad love poem that might get read on the air. It might not be a calling, but sometimes a small thing can be enough to mend a rough tear. Don't laugh at the guy who writes a bad love poem as though he has no fucking clue, because all he's been doing since the poem started brewing was thinking and dreaming of you. Moments of Definition, Part 7, October 19, 2010. We belong together. We do. Together we are better. Together we can face anything the world throws at us. You and me see things differently than most people do. That's our secret weapon. That is the thing that gives us an edge in life. Together, you and me have great strength and determination to go out and get the world. We know it's there for our taking if we only work to achieve it. 
Together, you and me, we have it all. I am reminded of this from As You Like It. No sooner met, but they looked. No sooner looked, but they loved. No sooner loved, but they sighed. No sooner sighed, but they asked one another the reason. No sooner knew the reason, but they sought the remedy. And in these degrees had they made a pair of stairs to marriage. I am falling more in love with you every day. Correction. 48 hours later. So the first time I wrote this, I went off on a rant about your conditional love for me. Your moody, selfish, conditional love for me. And I tore you to pieces, calling you out for all of the hurt, blaming you for all the lies, screaming at you until I had nothing left to scream about. I recalled details, horrible, detailed events, and said everything I've never been able to say to your face, and I felt whole, knowing that I know what love is, what true, unconditional love is, and that I, not you, know how to love. And I pushed send with a smug smile, feeling vindicated, feeling whole knowing that soon another actor would record my rant, to be mixed, set to music, and sent off into cyberspace for everyone to hear, for everyone to feel my pain, for you to feel my pain, for you to hurt the way I do, for you. And then I realized that I have loved you conditionally, that love is not a rant or a correction, that true, unconditional love is forgiving you. Ecstasy and agony. Love is what it wants to be. It is everything daring, tantalizing, thrilling, comforting, absolutely exhilarating. And it is everything painful, destroying, engulfing, absolutely disappointing. But above all, love wants to be simple. It wants to be pure. It wants to be nurtured in all its ecstasy and all its agony. Love is the essence of all those beautifully complicated paradoxes we feel and live in our lives. But never would I ever doubt that love, in the end and in the moment, is what makes life worthwhile. Stop searching for the meaning of life and let it be love. Yearn for it. Celebrate it. Honor, it's coming and going. In love, all opposites unite. No matter how much it hurts you, pummels you, keeps you feeling small, small, small. Let it be what then keeps you going, keeps you humble, keeps you supported, keeps you intimate, keeps you vulnerable in the best of ways, and keeps you able to fly Fly, fly. Speak. I speak to the love I know. I speak to the loss. I speak to the utter joy. I speak to the endless pursuit. I speak to the idea that we have one person out there in that endless beyond that can match our love. I speak to the happy nights. I speak to the lonely days. I speak 
to the ferocious pain. I speak to the relief. I speak to the fact that love is the one thing that we cannot manufacture, something so distinctly human over which we have no control. I speak to the laughter. I speak to the tears. I speak to the lows. I speak to the highs. I speak to the love that we all chase. I speak to the fact that it finds you. I speak to the fact that it will. Moments of Definition, Part 8, November 11, 2010. Red, the color of passion, the color of blood, the color of love, the color of rhythm. The color red so informs my palate. The blood coursing through my veins fuels my passion for the rhythm of your love. Red covers me, washes me anew with the best love of my life. The deepest, most loving person imaginable, you, my love. The red in our lives can only be eclipsed by the purple of your soul. Again from Shakespeare, Othello 3-3. Excellent wretch, perdition catch my soul, but I do love thee. And when I love thee not, chaos is come again. Loving you always. Trust and silence. I saw the way you looked at me when you said, I love you. You meant it. I know you did, and you know I witnessed truth in it. And then you fucked him. We made a promise. I kept mine. You didn't. You tried to rescue what you deserted by trying to win me back. No. No. This is not okay. Even though I... Fuck. Even though I still love you. You fucked him. Love is trust. Especially in the line of work we do. Just because you made out with him in a scene doesn't give you the right to throw away what we meant to each other just so you could feel his dick inside you for a night. Love is trust. I honestly... You know, I honestly wish you never told me. Ignorance is bliss. And the one thing that assures me that you have a soul is that you couldn't live with your sin against me. You found courage in yourself to tell me, knowing that it would wreck me. And it did. And here we are. I wish you hadn't told me. Yeah, sure, you'd be suffering silently, but that's none of my business, you're suffering. You would have deserved to live a life of suffering in the face of my giving, caring, unwavering love. Love is trust. Or it's silence. Neither comes with reward. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we all do this and I'm the only chump that tries to fly straight. No, I know that's not it. But maybe we all do this. And maybe there's something we're not factoring in when considering all the pieces of love. 
Maybe forgiveness is a piece of it. I feel betrayed, but I still love you. Maybe I should forgive you. Even if you hadn't told me, maybe you might have found a way to forgive yourself, which is just as difficult, I'm sure. Maybe I should forgive you. I could have you back if I tell you that. But then we'd still have to deal with trust. Or silence. Or both. I wish you never told me. Message from the ice flow. You touch me in the darkness, and I know it is you. The rough places on your hands sliding over the soft of my hip tangle in the fabric of the gown twisting itself about my waist. They give you away. I know you from the way your beard scrapes my shoulder and your breath teases my ear. It is a dance we know well, like fish in water. Even when dry daylight casts hard shadows, making it hard to see you clearly, masking your face from mine. I remember your hands and know them. How they touched me when we were young and wrapped about my belly as it grew full with our children, as though you would protect them even then. Your hands scrape me now. They're made rough by work and wood and Midwestern wind. There is not enough touching. We wear too many gloves and it's too cold. It feels sometimes like we live on an ice floe. It cracks and we drift, growing further and further apart. Inky blackness cuts a jagged obsidian chasm through the crystal. Frigid water fills the growing divide. You are so far away. I see you there, distant, wrapped in snowy parka. Knit cap pulled over your eyes until I can barely see you. And you can't hear my voice in the wind. I stumble in the night. But sometimes, in the dark, you reach out and find me, clasping across the chasm. We dive into the water, freezing first, barely breathing, then wet and moving, sliding over ourselves to disappear into one another. The divide disappears in the deep. I swim for it. Salvation lives in water. I pray for warm currents to wash us to a new continent where we southern fish will cast off knit caps and care and swim tangled naked together. Your hands move water and me and mine, you, we crash onto the beach. There is no ice here. Limbs like heavy, wet sand. Our bodies press into the earth. I can hear the sea here, and you're breathing. You wake, wrapped in my arms, tangled in my hair. The liquid of our eyes meet, melted. We are soft and warm as your hard hands find me once again. And at last you remember that you love me. Alcohol of the soul. Love is the alcohol of the soul, and I binge love. Warning, love may impair judgment and make you do stupid stuff with no clothes on, but a night of heavy loving is one you actually will remember forever. There are many flavors, watered down, too strong, 
tasteless. I like mine with some kick, but with a sweet, romantic flavor. No, it's not girly. Maybe it is. Whatever. People love too much because it's easy, or cheap, or on special. Of course, love leads to headaches, especially with those you love the most, especially when that perfect love ends up as an empty memory on a shelf. That bottle you proudly show off to try to make up for the fact that the love's all gone. But true love is worth it. It's that top-shelf whiskey you only share on special occasions. That favorite libation you savor until the last drop is gone. That last toast to old friends and memories. Everybody mixes love differently, so share as much love as you can. You'll never run out. Moments of Definition, Part 9, December 19, 2010. There is a sound the world makes in cold places during Christmas. It's the silent sound of streetlights illuminating falling snow against the backdrop of tall pine trees. Walking in the snow, one night I saw and heard this event, the silent snow falling on the pines on a cold, peaceful night, stopped me in my tracks. Beautiful. I have this particular Christmas in my mind. It involves the scene I describe above, a beautiful tree all lit up with the decorations throughout the house. The beauty of the room and the fragrance of the tree are only made better by you being the one hand in hand with me as we walk home on the beautiful, peaceful, silent evening of Christmas. Merry Christmas, my love. I love you so. Yours always. Love is sex. I don't care how lofty the rest of these pieces are, and I don't care how exact they are. Let me tell you something raw, okay? Love is sex. It's the pushing away of everything else in the world and the focus on just you and her, or him, or whoever. It's two bodies pushing towards each other, towards a common goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming? is great. It's fantastic. But that's not the goal, is it? The goal is to never stop fucking. Sex is love. It's not about the hands on this body part or that body part. It is the absolute 100% engulfing of another human being that you love so much that you must. You don't just sort of feel it. You must penetrate or receive this person. And to be clear, I'm not talking about just any old attractive person you see or any old flirty her him, but the same person. Love is sex. I mean, fuck him for the rest of your life. Fuck her the rest of your life, but fuck them honestly. Love them truly. Keep it pure. Fight for it every single day. <laughs> Love is so obviously sex. Ultimate Vice I used to think I knew what love was. Now I know I know what love is. Or do I? I guess I always knew. Love is one of those natural, instinctive feelings we all experience as humans. It is what we all want to feel, what we all strive for every day. Even the most evilest of villains I've read about in comic books are searching for it. 
You think they commit those heinous acts because they hate? But all they really want is power, which to their fault they define as love from a mass of people. But what they don't realize is the real truth, at least in my opinion, is that in order to really experience love, it is best to give as much as you receive. It's a cycle. One of the reasons I love my girlfriend so much is because she loves me so much, and vice versa. It's just... It just keeps going. I was one of those boys who's been falling in love since I was 12 years old, over and over again. Just when I think I have found all the love I need, I find more somewhere else. I think that's what life is all about, the constant search for love. It's like a drug. We're addicted to it. So much that some of us, when we can't find love in others, start loving ourselves. That's scary. But I think it's true. Love is the ultimate vice. We thrive on it. It is necessary. The Ride You're strapped into a metal chair while Chang yanks you towards an apex above. Terror grips every last molecule of your being. Half of you itches to run, but the other half teems with such palpable anticipation for adventure that you wish it could swallow you up. As the distance mounts, the ground below you no longer exists. Nothing but this exists. Then wham! Chain releases and the sensation sends you out of your body like a balloon with a pin stuck in it. This is the rush you've been waiting for. Immersed in delight, you're no longer present, but floating above the earth, oblivious to reality. Suddenly the ride ends. The lap bar releases. You step off and puke out all the funnel cake you just ate. You have a headache and may have lost a tooth. Still, that pleasure lingers on. Battered and exhausted, you can think of nothing else but getting right back in line to wait for another thrill. Because there is no logic in love. We suffer the torment to taste one moment of its rapture. Moments of Definition, Part 10, December 27, 2010. I dared once to dream about you in a faraway place a long time ago. This dream had you by my side, in my heart, in my life, always. Things happen, time passes, enjoying the memory of us Time passes, but the dream doesn't fade, not completely. There is still a flicker, an ember still warm. That is you. Time passes, things happen, dreams find a new light. Embers burn hot and new. The flicker once again a flame, a blaze, an inferno in this dream. I dared once to dream about you. Here today... Unexpected and more welcomed than ever, I awake from this dream to discover it's you. It's really you. I love you so much. My one true, honest, forever love. Yours always. Humor is helpful.
When reaching orgasm, she said to me, I want you to come in my mouth. Come in my mouth. Dangerously close to climax, I quickly reposition myself so that I can make it in time, but time ran out. And Love is helping her blow her nose, not because she has a cold, but because she needs help expelling the remnants of your lovemaking from one of her nostrils. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? That's not love. Love is lying in bed laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I hope I hope you don't think I'm a disgusting or a vile person for sharing this. But the anonymity is so freeing. <laughs> And honestly, when asked to define what love means, this was the first, most honest thing that popped into my head. I love her, and she loves me. And things like that happen between two people. This may not be the most moving or appropriate thing to share, but that's not the whole point of this project, is it? <laughs> of all the memories with her so far, I have to honestly say it's one of my favorites. And when things get tough, remembering that one always saves me from taking myself or life or, or even love too darn seriously. Humor is helpful, especially if you're going to be spending the rest of your life with each other. Love the one you're with. We are here on this earth, in this lifetime, to learn about love. It's as simple as that. I'm not talking about sex about beauty, about hormones. Love the one you're with means so much more to me now than it did during Woodstock. Back then, it was an explosion of hormones. Pre-herpes, pre-AIDS. Life is ahead of you to be consumed one lover at a time. Now I'm a grandparent. My capacity for love has expanded along with my family. The hormones have diminished, but the passion remains. I am so fortunate to be alive, to have experienced the things I have experienced. And I realize that my life has nurtured my capacity to love. I have found my soulmate. And while discovering my bottomless capacity to love him, I have developed a possibility to love all the soulmates that share the limited resources of this planet. Love the one you're with. Now has global connotations. Mother love. My mom lives alone. Her dog is her companion, and her family her company. She's blind, a cancer survivor, and lost her husband of 64 years to cancer six years ago. She lives in the home she and dad and some devoted family members built in 1945. I was third in a line of five children, and thought when I was small that there was no one smarter. But just a few years later, decided she must be out of her mind. Now, as I watch her advance in years and grow in memory, the madness has mysteriously dissipated, and the wise woman has reappeared. And in her wisdom, she anticipates loss, loss of 
all she has loved. And so I circle her, tend her, love her. A toast to everything in between. Here's to the thing we call love. Raise your glasses. Here's to its complication, its glory and consequence. Here's to the not fearing how high it got you, but here's to the fear of falling ever since. Here's to not fearing that death may come when we're young, but here's to the fear of growing old, to the eyes, the teeth, the lips of its mouth, and the words that roll off its tongue. Here's to its simplicity, the heartbeat that speeds and slows at its name. Here's to its cowardice and its courage, to its rock and roll spirits that were gone as fast as they came. So here's to the thing we call love. Keep your glasses raised. Here's to the worry of war, lonely nights, masturbation, weed, and caffeine, to the silent understanding that we are alone, and to everything in between. Cheers. A little list of the little things. Freshly baked banana bread. Mom making mac and cheese every visit. A surprise in the mail. After a bedtime fight, your foot reaching over to find mine. The silent apology that follows. When the hurt is so bad that my heart literally swells inside my chest and my ears itch as a lump forms in my throat. The radio randomly playing my favorite song. Taking a chance, big or small. How my armpits still sweat when I still get nervous around you. You still thinking I'm sexy even though my armpits are sweating. My cat with more personality than me. Buying a new book. Buying new underwear. Allowing myself to put all of my trust in you and being thrilled about that instead of wanting to hide under the covers because I suddenly feel too vulnerable. My brothers and sisters laughing in the kitchen. Being excited to crawl into bed every night, but more excited to wake up every morning and lay there to think about all of the possibilities that day might bring. Even if it's just laying in bed watching trashy TV and eating cold pizza. As long as it's with you. W.T.F. What the fuck? You've got some balls. <laughs> love? Love? Fuck you. You tell me about love, Mr. Whoever-the-fuck-you-are, anonymous. Honestly, fuck you. Fuck you. Love reveals who you are. Who you can't defy gravity are. Has it. In your skin, at your best, bright-eyed and generous, bathed you in the truest of who you are, with a peace and energy so blissful you want to sprinkle it on every child you see, and then has it gripped your sweet world with panic and slapped your spirit with emptiness as you think, whose stomach is that on the floor? And then you realize, that's my goddamn stomach on the floor. And both the bliss and the panic are yours, are you, and there isn't anything fucking anonymous about it. Even more than you want to be loved, you want to be known, recognized. A hand on your forehead and a constant lip kiss that whispers, I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who you are. And you are love. You are loved. I know everything about you, and it is all love. I love it all. There isn't one bead of you that is not known and loved by me. Not one breath that is neglected, forgotten, pushed aside and uncounted. You know those little tote bags that roll up really tiny and fit into a theoretically slightly less tiny bag? 
tiny. I, I can't ever get the tiny tote to roll up tiny enough to fit back into the tiny bag after I've used it. I'm really not good at that. That's who I am. And that is what love has been for me the whole way. More than can fit back inside me. More than I ever imagined or deserved. My heart has been known. Love? I wish you more of it than you can carry. Fuck you. And you're anonymous. Pick up your stomach, one who is known and beloved. I know your name. I know you. You know me. I love you. And I will never forget who you are. Moments of Definition, Part 11, December 29, 2010. My love, for the first time I leave you here an engaged person. I leave here engaged to you. It was such a little act, a gesture, really, a ring, and asking a simple yes-no question. But it's only simple out of context, that one single question has now put in motion a lifetime of events. No longer are we girlfriend and boyfriend. No longer are we turning sideways or backward or any other way but forward. No longer do we think or act as two. Now we have started the commitment of one. I leave here today your engaged love forever changed, changed by your love, changed by the answer to that simple question, changed by your actions, changed by the person you are becoming. This week, we told the world it's us against them, you and me, together, our fortress strong, our foundation secure. We told the world we have chosen each other. We are engaged to be married, you and me, husband and wife. He looked at her with tearing eyes and softly but confidently asked, Will you marry me? With no hesitation, yes, she screamed, leaving little doubt of her intentions to the dozens of onlookers. They embraced in a deep, passionate kiss, knowing that the world had forever changed. It wasn't a dream after all. They were real, and all could see. I leave here engaged, in love and truly, honestly, and forever, your complete love and future partner for life. I love you so. Nature's inexplicable gift. Love is. Love just is. Love has been programmed into our basic structure. It is the human genome that makes us sentient beings. Love can render the mightiest helpless and take away all of our convictions, but that's not a bad thing. Love is our joy and our sacrifice. I have never been hurt by anything so deeply as love, nor have I ever felt more alive from any drug or thrill. Love pushes us to be great while keeping us firmly grounded. 
Love is a paradox wrapped in a conundrum that confuses the scholarly and educates the plebs. It is all around us, infiltrating our senses, flooding our pores with its thick richness and fulfilling our greatest need. Did you know an average human being needs eight hugs a day to maintain emotional health? It's a vitamin, an essential part of what keeps us sane. It is free and easy to find, but there is always a shortage. Make it our mission as humans and share the love. You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of The Human Experience, Episode 1, Love. In order of sequence, the contributed titles and their performers were as follows. Val, featuring Kat Ensley. The Sweetness and the Sorrow, featuring Noel Collins. Barefoot and Smoking, featuring Dina Kirschenbaum. Moments of Definition, Part 1 through 11 featuring Gary Neal Johnson. A Boy and His Girl, featuring Charles Fugate. Full, featuring Amy Urbina. Speck, featuring Molly Denninghoff. The Giddy, featuring Emily Peterson. Advice, featuring Dugan Brown. Resonate, featuring Grant Pruitt. I Still Love Each One of My One and Only True Loves, featuring V-Tran. What It Comes Down To, featuring Kat Ensley. I Know You, Love, featuring Dina Kirschenbaum. Memo, featuring Peggy Friesen. Optional Titles, featuring Zach Andrews. February 24th, featuring Kat Ensley. Lost, To Be Found, featuring Mark Thomas. Two Buttons, featuring Rufus Burns. Reprise, Featuring T.J. Chastain. Galatea. Featuring Natalie Licardello. What It All Comes Down To. Featuring Izzy Baldwin. Here's One For Your Deathbed. Featuring Zach Andrews. The Light. Featuring Amy Urbina. Temporary. Featuring Eric Graves. Don't Laugh. Featuring Noel Collins. Correction. 48 Hours Later. Featuring Kelly Gibson. Ecstasy and Agony, featuring Becca Scott. Speak, featuring Mark Robbins. Trust and Silence, featuring Matt Rapport. Message from the Ice Flow, featuring Kathleen Warfel. Alcohol of the Soul, featuring Mark Thomas. Love is Sex, featuring Jay Aiken. Ultimate Vice, featuring Eric Graves. The Ride, featuring Kat Ensley. Humor is Helpful, featuring T.J. Chastain. Love the One You're With, featuring Mindy McCrary. Mother Love, featuring Amy Urbina. A Toast to Everything in Between, featuring Grant Pruitt. A Little List of the Little Things, featuring Dina Kirschenbaum. WTF, featuring Natalie Licardello. Nature's Inexplicable Gift, featuring Stephen Eubank. Project Contributors in Alphabetical Order Jay Aiken Zach Andrews Izzy Baldwin PJ Barnett Dugan Brown TJ Chastine Joe Concha Sarah Cooper Sam Cordes Angela Christentello Dan Ernest John Ezell Stephen Eubank Peggy Friesen Jerry Ginocchio 
Kelly Gibson, Eric Graves, Kyle Hatley, Dina Kirschenbaum, Lindsay King, Carrie Lenahan, Natalie Licardello, Mindy McCrary, Karen Paisley, Emily Peterson, Jenny Pike, Aaron Preston, Stephanie Roberts, Becca Scott, Vanessa Severo, Emily Shackelford, Kathleen Warfel. Workshopped by the third year MFA graduate class of 2011 at UMKC. Original music composed and performed by Aaron Preston. Produced by Joe Concha and Stephen Renteria. Created and directed by Kyle Hatley. This is your announcer, Emily Peterson. Chatterbox Audio Theater is a nonprofit web based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download all our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. Hi there. Are you a fan of all things horror? Yeah? You are? Well, in that case, find Tuesday Terrors, which is the mutual audio feed that comes out on a Tuesday, believe it or not. Shock horror, I know. But if you subscribe there, you'll find amazing horror fiction audio in your player every Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network, where we listen and imagine together.